Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles. It's morning somewhere in the world. Okay. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Van Helsink in the Blonde Bombshell. Woo-hoo. And if you're on watching the video now, you see how awesome we freaking look, <laughs> don't we? We've been working out, man. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Why do I have that grin on my face? I don't know. It's that, very that's, unusual for That's me. very unusual for me. I should have found me. one that was... That was Grumpy. The, the problem with that picture is that mm-hmm. you're always wearing your hat and it sh- shadows your face. So I couldn't find a good face to put on. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you saw the other one that was done with me and Lou. Hey. It's the best I can do. God, I, I can't stand that grin. All right, I've had enough of that picture. All right, we can go away now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was Welcome to our Halloween show. Here we are. Welcome. Welcome. Is this an anniversary show, too? Or no, a, no, no. Almost. I'm so confused. Almost. That's next month. Yeah. That's next month. This is show 59. 59. And it is our annual Halloween show. Oh, my goodness. We have to shut this thing off because we keep getting phone calls from the dead. Cal's calling again. I don't, ignore I d- it. I don't no, ignore know. it. Ignore it. All right. That's it fine. may go off again at any given moment. Oh, where am I? I'm over here. Right there. What are you looking there for? There I am. <laughs> I'm trying to find my camera. I'm trying to find my camera. Put glasses on. You might do it. Well, anyways. No, I can see hey, far away. you look kind of sexy in that, don't you? Ooh. Look at you. Ooh. I'm a Definitely. Kind of. Just don't speak kind of. French, you know. My hair. I don't you know, know how to speak, speak French. Gomez spoke French. Probably vous français. No, she, she did. Would, and he would always go into French. rage. And remember, he'd take a hint. Don't. Shut up. Don't, don't, don't. I didn't kiss it. Oh, stop No, it. don't do that. Yes. Yes. You could be ah! fixed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn the phone calls from the dead off because, you know what? What? They're pretty annoying. Be quiet. I thought you turned it off. Be quiet. I did. I don't know why it's doing that. Because we've been sitting here this whole time, and it's been nice and quiet. Haunted. All of a sudden, we have phone calls from the dead. So you see this cool? That is awesome. Yeah, you can hold it. No, I'm a vampire. Oh, yeah. Where's your I teeth? I can't hold that. Where's your teeth? No teeth. Man, do you know how complicated those teeth are? I wouldn't want to I can't those. even tell you. I read the instructions today. Yeah? I'm like, ah, uh, no teeth. We're not doing the teeth. So? <laughs> so, yes, tell us, tell us about... <laughs> Everybody's speaking Everything up is going off here. Okay. All right, so this is a vampire kit. Of course, you got your wooden stakes, right? Yes. You got your little bottle of, uh, I think I drank it. I think it's empty. <laughs> Holy water, it used to be. And uh, there's a cross in there somewhere we as well. Can't, you need to talk about that later. We don't want to kill me off quite yet. No, no, I'm not right. killing anybody okay. yet. No, I want to talk about this kit right now. Oh, all right. Because this was given to me. This is a gothic collection. Uh-huh. It's called a Vampire Hunter's Kit. Okay. What I wanted to talk about was the dangers involved in this. Okay. And it's printed right on you. This is a Vampire Hunter's Kit. Never use on a living person. <laughs> okay. It's right on the, right on the thing. All right. Right? Uh, it's a good idea not to use it on a living person. Right. And it says Dawn. I don't know what Dawn is, but Dawn not, D-O-N, 
N O T. Don Knot. This is in Scandinavia. Don Knot. We with children can access it. Okay. Okay. And we accept no responsibility for the irresponsible use of this kit. Nice. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> Don Knot. So remember, kids, only use it on dead people. Right. Not live people. Caution contains sharp points. <laughs> All right, so if oh, you well. haven't guessed by now, our show, our Halloween show this year, is about vampires. Yes, it is. And uh, who got cookie crumbs on this? I, Van Helsing did. Oops. Van Helsing did. There you go. Speaking of which, Van Helsing. I think that we're going to learn about. Do you know Van who Helsing? Van Helsing is? You know, I honestly don't know who Van Helsing is. As a vampire, I should know these things. Kind of should. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, Van Helsing comes from Abraham Van Helsing comes from. Uh, the novel, Bram Stoker's novel, Dracula. Okay. And he was the guy that uh, took care of Lucy when she was sick and knew everything else, and mm -hmm. he was very smart. So, but other than that, people don't really know who he is. So, uh, anyways, if you, <coughs> excuse me, if we read the novel as a story of supremacy over good, over evil, then Van Helsink is undoubtedly the representative that all that is positive, just uh, like me. That's you to yep. a T, Ron. He combines a number of traits. He's a man of knowledge who combines science and superstition uh, to solve the mystery of attacks on Lucy. He is also um, a fearless leader who hunts down and tracks Dracula. And a moral inspiration in the terms of the Christian faith to bolster the others to contend with the horror of vampirism. Aha. So this is where it's a little bit interesting. Uh, Van Helsing comes from Amsterdam in the, in the book and is brought into the story by Dr. John Seward, who is attempting to solve the mystery of Lucy's illness. Seward refers to Van Helsing as an old friend and master, a world expert on obscure diseases, a philosopher, a metaphysician, <laughs> and one of the most advanced scientists of his day. While the age of Van Helsing is never given, there are several references to the fact that he is old. Like you. Exactly. I'm going to get to the okay. close things. His profession credentials are very well advertised, uh, beginning with the list of degrees following his name. He's a medical doctor, doctor of philosophy. His knowledge is encyclopedic, uh, ranging from techniclists to the theories of hypnotism. As for his disposition, we are told he has a iron nerve uh -huh. and a temper of an ice brook, ah. an indomitable resolution, self-command, and tolerant. Did you practice this? You're doing really well. <laughs> We've given a few hints about Van Helsing's personal life. He his wife doesn't do this well with big words. His wife lives, still lives, presumably committed to an asylum, oh. and his son... Uh, died as a child. So, anyways, uh, that's that's the character of Van Helsing, and as everybody knows, that I am New England's Van Helsing. Of course. So, how do I Van how do I fit in with this character in the book? You'll ra probably ask yourself. I have asked myself that. Mm -hmm. I have. You said, Ann, how does Ron fit in with the character of Van yes, Helsing in the book?" I have. Yes. Daily. Well, as it <laughs> As it turns out, I have a degree in environmental science. 
There you go. Uh, which is uh, basically all the sciences, okay. environmental sciences. You study everything. You study everything from physics to oceanography to um, geology, biology, all eologies, basically. All eologies. All eologies. I also worked on the space program, blah, 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 blah. Goodness. But there's more to Van Helsing than that. So very deep. He's also uh, a, a man of learned, but he's also a master and study of the crafts. And like myself, uh, I have uh, become a Reiki uh, practitioner. I have learned to Taoist. I have gone into all the metaphysical arts and learned them. So that's Perfect. very simple. But there that's are right. more. There are more. But, but wait, there's more. Right. So the name Kolik yes. actually means wooden peg or wooden stake. <gasps> oh there you go. Goodness. Now. Look at all these similarities. You know, it gets better. <laughs> the, the inspiration of Bram Stoker's um, Dracula is based on a, a real-life person by the name of Gregor um, Andreas Hellwing or Hellwig or Helsing. Ooh. Who is Polish? <laughs> Just <laughs> like this Van Helsing. The Polish connection. In fact, he comes from the same region as my ancestors. Ooh. So the similarities mm. are, are eerily very. A lot of parallels there. I know. Maybe it. you should have your uh, DNA done. I believe I'm the real Van Helsing. You know, I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of it. descendant. And I didn't know all this. This is all stuff I've wow. acquired knowledge over the years that the similarities are frightening. That is really crazy. You wake up at night and say, wow, is he really? Mm. I could be like, you know, mm. reincarnation. reincarnation. <laughs> anyway, makes you want to go, mm. Perfect. Mm. Things that make you go, mm. So there you go. Mm. 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 All right. So anyways, oh that, that is... Um, Story of Van Helsing. Yeah, well, and how, how I compare with them. You, you cleared that up for me because I was never really I know. Quite you, sure. you used to stay awake night wondering that, yes, right? I yes. know it. Yes, Tom. You'd be rolling in the bed <laughs> when Thomas Storin would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, on that note. We, we do want to say we have lots of surprises in the show we today. We do. Yeah? We have many surprises. Besides the phone. This evening, besides our random phone calls from the dead, which hopefully will not happen anymore. Keep it easy. Take it easy with those steaks. Ooh. <laughs> See? Here we go again. You can't make too much noise over there. All right. So, all right. So, our first prize. Prize? Oh, surprise. Surprise. Okay. Surprise that we're going talking to. talking like me now. We're going to That's take scary. care of tonight. Very scary. Uh, we recently... Ha, we're uh, pleased to be visited by Dylan Jones. You really studied this opening, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Does it show? Yeah. So Dylan Jones so is here from the UK mm -hmm. uh, for Spirit Quest, along with Steve Parsons. And also the Teller of Curious and Tales. And also the Teller of Curious Tales. Mm -hmm. And he left a little story for us. Left a little nugget. To share on our Halloween show. Yep. So if we could roll the Teller of Curious Tales... Please. This ought to be good. Welcome to you, brave listener. I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again 
and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. I'm going to take you back to a little Welsh village and a haunted pub in the village of Llaragub. Now, the pub, called the Frog and Lettuce, was owned by a very lovely landlord who had a spaniel as a pet. Now, this dog he was given as a, as a puppy, and the landlord brought this little dog up from a few weeks old until he became such an important part of the life of the village, the pub, all the regulars loved this little spaniel and very often would feed it leftover food and would share their drinks of beer with it. And over the years, the spaniel was just as important to everybody as the landlord himself. Unfortunately, after 14 years of being the spaniel to the landlord, the dog sadly passed away. The landlord was heartbroken. He didn't know what to do, and after some consoling, the villagers persuaded him that he should bury the dog just outside the door of the pub, and that he did. Taking the little lifeless body outside, he dug a hole and placed the little creature in it. You have to excuse me, it's a very upsetting story. The uh, spaniel was laid to rest, upon which the landlord really felt that he couldn't bear to think of his little dog lying in the ground. So he decided to keep a piece of the spaniel with him. Taking a knife, he cut off the dog's tail before filling the earth over the little body. And that tail he placed behind the bar in the pub as a constant reminder of his faithful friend. That was one January when the dog died. Later that year, on Halloween, after the regulars had left the pub, just approaching midnight, the landlord was clearing everything away, when he heard a scratching from outside. Thinking perhaps uh, a twig or a branch had blown across the door, he ignored it at first, but then came a mournful growl from outside, and once more a scratching on the door. He called out, who's there? And a gruff little voice from outside said, It is I, your spaniel. I cannot enter dog heaven. To which the landlord replied, It can't be you, you died. And the spaniel said, It is I. I cannot enter dog heaven. I am not whole. I am missing something. And the landlord realised who it was. It was his faithful pet outside the door. Once again the spaniel said, Let me in, let me in, I can't enter heaven, I'm not whole. Glancing at his watch, the landlord said, I'm sorry, I can't let you in. You know full well that I can't retail spirits after midnight. Oh, retail spirits. That's terrible. Retail spirits. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you uh, thought it was a ghost story. Alas, poor mm. Eric. I knew him well. Oh, my God. That was horrible. Oh. Uh. Well, thank you, Teller of Curious Tales. Yeah, I'm thanks sure a lot. we'll be hearing more from him. Yeah, I'm sure we will. If he comes in here, I'm going to pound him one. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, be quiet. <laughs> okay. Get it all out, ghost. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now that we've heard about the poor little dog having his tail chopped off, what a way to remember your dog. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about some vampire <laughs> I history. I could go there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so many bad things came to my mind. It's just awful. It it's is. awful. Right. All right. I'm going to put pe on. People would never mind. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. All right. I'm going to put on my Morticia glasses here because. Really? Yeah. Morticia wore glasses. How's that? Right? She did. She right. did. I remember. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about. New England's vampire really? history. Really? Yes, I am. Really? Yeah. We are? Isn't that next on the list? I don't know. It's vampire history. Well, let's hear about Talk the about vampire history. Talk about somebody who hasn't come prepared to this show. All oh, right. Wait, wait, wait. In all fairness, you're the only one who's got the stupid little <laughs> list here. What have I got to do? My poor little You went through memory. the list with me three times, all right? Really? All right. So... <laughs> Vampires are a part of today's popular culture. We tune in to watch them battle handsome werewolves and seduce the young and innocent. Handsome werewolves? Handsome werewolves. I guess if you're into that kind of well, thing. Hairy yeah, men. Hairy men. Uh, sometimes get their butts kicked by a cheerleading slayer. Uh, in the 1960s, the popular TV show Dark Shadows. Remember that? That was good. We were Dark at the Shadows? Collingwood, remember? We went to the Collinwood, yes. yes, in New York, which is uh, we a should big have put a picture of that up there. We didn't in, which is an homage to homage. Homage. Oh, don't speak French. You get me going again. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. All right. Uh, anyways, uh, Dark Shadows told the spooky but melodramatic tale of Maine vampire Barnabas Collins and mm -hmm. his family. Did you ever watch that? I did when I was a little kid. Me too. I was a little kid. I don't think I was supposed to be right. watching it. Whatever. It was but, good. But uh, my husband used to watch it. He said he used to hide behind the chair. <laughs> Van Helsing uh, hide behind a chair. Stephen King's 1975 horror novel, Salem's Lot. That was creepy. That was yes, creepy. I saw that. Likewise revolved around a vampire enclave in Maine. Mm. Okay. More Stephen recently, that's surprising. The 2006 movie *The Covenant* offered a story of vampires at a Massachusetts prep school. But did you know that New England actually has a very long vampire history? No. In fact, there was a time when Rhode Island was considered the vampire capital of America. Go figure. All right. Uh, so, New England vampire history uh, and hysteria kicked off a full century after the region's better-remembered witch trials. And witch although trial? Rhode Island was seemingly the epicenter, it was a region-wide phenomenon. Which witch trials? Witch trials, I'm sorry. Witch trials. I even have my glasses on. Which witch trials? <clears throat> the New England vampire panic that started in the 1790s built upon earlier outbreaks in Europe. As communities grasped for explanations for infectious diseases before such illnesses were scientifically understood. So they had these things happening and people were like, well, must be a vampire. Not Van Helsing. Uh, so not Van Helsing. In New England, early New England, the disease that we now know as tuberculosis uh, was commonly called consumption. The classic symptoms are a chronic, sometimes bloody cough, along with fever and weight loss. To helpless loved ones, it appeared as though the victim was withering away a.k.a. being consumed. Consumption. 
Without medicine to slow its spread, TB was a devastating affliction, and by the dawn of the 19th century, it was responsible for approximately one out of every four deaths in the eastern United States. To this day, tuberculosis remains the world's most deadly infectious disease, responsible for well over a million deaths each year. So many New Englanders were thinking that this was vampires, not a disease that was responsible for the symptoms. Of course, not everyone bought into the superstition, and they cautioned people about being misled by quack doctors who encouraged families to dig up and burn dead relatives. Mm -mm. Good idea. Against, uh, I have a couple I'd like to dig to up. To stop consumption from spreading. Uh, and the legend being that the surest way to stop a vampire was to burn its vital organs. And actually, many times, they would feed them to the afflicted, thinking that it would cure them. Mm. But to, they had tuberculosis, they were going to die. But they thought it was vampires. So the first vampire uh, was Rachel Harris from Manchester, Vermont. One of the earliest known cases of New England vampirism to have a name attached to it was that of Rachel Harris, who died of tuberculosis in 1790. The year after her death, her widower, Captain Isaac Burton, married her stepsister, hmm, Holder. Actually, that's not uncommon, you know. No, I know. They used to do that all the time. Yeah, if, if you like, if you're brother's wife died, mm -hmm. then they would, uh, you would marry her wife because you were supposed to like take care of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they needed somebody to take care of all those kids because, you yeah. know, the men exactly. weren't going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, That's for damn sure. So before long, Hulda began exhibiting symptoms similar to Rachel's, and family and friends therefore reasoned that Rachel was the culprit. In February 1793, more than 500 Manchester residents braved frigid temperatures to watch the liver heart and lungs, yum yum, yum be yum. removed from Rachel's exhumed corpse and burned on a blacksmith's forge. According to some versions of the tale, portions of the organs were preserved to make a medicine for Hulda. Regardless, she died that September. Bummer. Following her death, did the good people of Manchester realize the error of their ways? Sort of. They reasoned that Rachel hadn't been a vampire at all, but a witch. Ah, makes sense to me. Right. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. All right. So our, our next vampire was Abigail Staples from Cumberland, Rhode Island. In February 1796... So wait, are all vampires women? Um, I'm not sure. All of, actually... No, we have a man. We oh, have a man on God. the list. Okay. You know. uh, February 19, 1796, the Cumberland Town Council granted permission for Stephen Staples to exhume the body of his 23-year-old daughter, Abigail, who had died of consumption. Shortly after Abigail's death, her sister, Lavinia, had started showing the familiar symptoms of consumption. Lavinia told of dreams in which a shadowy figure sat heavily on her chest and drew out her breath. During one of these dreams, she reportedly called out Abigail's name. The town officials consented that Staples could try an experiment to save Lavinia's life, noting, despite noting the decision was made against the better conscience of this council. There is no record of what came of the exhumation, or for that matter, of Lavinia. I'm sure she died. Yeah. Uh, so we have the Spalding. You got a grave, I guess it would make sense. Yeah. Right? Well, no, Lavin Abigail died, and Lavinia 
was the I'm one sure who they have got consumption next. They just yes. didn't stick her in a closet. Oh, well, no, right. Okay. So the next one is from Dummerston, Vermont, which I've never heard of, <laughs> from the Spalding family. I was going to say something, but I'm zipping my tongue up again. <laughs> uh so this is uh, in his journal entry of seven, September 26, 1859, Henry David Thoreau noted, The savage in man is never quite eradicated. I have just read of a family in Vermont who, several of its members having died of consumption, just burned the heart and lungs and liver of the last deceased in order to prevent any more from having it. At this time, Thoreau himself had long been battling tuberculosis of which he would die three years later, although in this case no one seems to have suspected vampire involvement. Do you know Jan's father had TB? Really? And her mother. Wow. In fact, that's how they met, in the TB hospital. Oh, my goodness. Just a point. Just throw that out there. Just that's, throw it out there. That's, that's unusual. Well, and they all survived. They both survived. They all survived. Mm. And they had children. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as for the episode to which Thoreau referred, it is likely the 1790s ordeal of the Spalding family. Having lost six of his 11, 11 adult children to consumption, Lieutenant Leonard Spaulding was desperate. When yet another daughter grew ill, the body of the most recently deceased child was dug up and the vital organs removed and burned. Incidentally, one vampire-adjacent belief of the day was that vines would grow between buried caskets and that once all of the burials in a plot had been so connected, another family member would die. When Spaulding's son Reuben was buried in 1794, his grave was set apart from those of his other family members, possibly to break the chain. Uh, so we have a few more, and I know we're, this is taking a lot of time. So no, I'm going to, right. we? well, I'm just keeping an eye on it. Okay. But Sarah Tillinghast, also from Exeter, Rhode Island, uh, first of Snuffy Tillinghast's 14 children to die. I can't even imagine these people going through this. I can't imagine having 14 children. Well, this is true, heart. but, you know, and then burying all 14 of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was another case where, you know, uh, they removed the organs and tried to feed them. They burned them in front of the family home and uh, similar circumstances. Uh, next one, Nancy Young from Foster, Rhode Island. Uh, and then her sister and other siblings started to decline. Uh, all the members of the family gathered around and inhaled the smoke from the burning remains of poor Nancy. And this cure apparently did not work as five more children died. And then we have That's the why you had 14 if you <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, you know, The Ray family fun. and JB from Jewett City, Connecticut. We finally made it to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. uh, and in 1845, 24-year-old Lemuel Ray died of consumption at age 24, followed by his father, his brother, and then three years later when his brother Henry fell ill, the family took drastic measures, exhuming and burning, and Henry died despite their efforts, of course, yeah. because everybody had consumption. So They just didn't do the ceremony right, that's all. I know, I know. So uh, all of these things had happened, and finally, we come to one of the most famous vampires in New England, that of Mercy Brown, from, again, from Exeter, Rhode Island. And rather than tell you about Mercy Brown, 
I have a little video here that uh, I found on YouTube, uh, and I want to give credit to the guy who did this. His name is Don McLean. No, not Bye Bye American Pie, Don McLean. Thank God. <clears throat> uh, and he does a little series of videos called Horror Bits, which are pretty cool. So if you want to hop on YouTube and look at those, they're very interesting. But if we could re uh, please roll the Mercy Brown video, and we'll learn all about For most of human history, forensic and scientific evidence for supernatural phenomena simply didn't exist. This forced people to come to their own conclusions as to the cause of certain issues. The Salem Witch Trials, Satanic Panic, both examples of the human imagination run amok. A lesser known example of this is the New England Vampire Panic, which is composed of many different incidents of hysteria, one of which being the Mercy Brown Vampire Incident. 1892, Exeter, Rhode Island. The family of George and Mary Brown had several cases of tuberculosis, then known as consumption, due to how the disease seemed to consume a person's entire body. The cause of consumption wouldn't be discovered for a few more years, so people were forced to come to their own conclusions. The mother, Mary, and their eldest daughter, Mary Olive, both died of the disease, and their son, Edwin, became sick in 1890. In January of 1892, their daughter, Mercy, died of the disease and was buried in a graveyard. Friends and neighbors of the family came to the belief that one of the dead family members was in fact a vampire due to the contemporary folklore that linked multiple deaths in one family to undead activity. The symptoms of consumption exacerbated the situation, making it look like some being was feeding on the victim's body. Villagers, along with journalists and the local doctor, all decided to exhume the bodies. Mary and Mary Olive's bodies exhibited extensive decomposition, but Mercy's body was still fairly intact due to being held in a freezer-like above-ground vault for two months following her death. An autopsy discovered the girl still had blood in her heart and liver. Everyone agreed she was a vampire. Townsfolk reported seeing her walking in the cemetery and through fields. Her brother Edwin, who had recently returned from a wellness center in Colorado and who was succumbing quickly to disease, reported that his sister Mercy was sitting on his chest, suffocating him. Mercy's heart was removed from her body, burned, and the remnants were mixed with water to give to sick Edwin as a cure. A cure that wouldn't work. Edwin died. Two months later, Mercy Brown's gravestone can still be found at Chestnut Hill Cemetery in Exeter, Rhode Island. All right. That's it. That's it. That's the tale of Mercy Brown. Okay. And you can still go and see her grave. If you would like to check it out. Oh, you can dig her up. Very cool. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna nice. we're gonna move moving right along. We did. We are gonna move along, and we, I have. <clears throat> so we do have a piece coming up from our Power News reporter, Nathan Mayer. Unfortunately, he could not be with us tonight. Yeah, he's digging up so, a vampire yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he's out digging up vampires or something. So I am gonna do 
a top ten list. Really? Which is kind of it's kind of random because you could look most anywhere on the internet and have completely different top ten lists. This is just the one that I happen to end up with. All right. Top ten vampire movies, right? Vampire Ready? Movies. All right. Starting with Salem's Lot. That was a very, very, very creepy movie, as most of Stephen King's movies are. That was from uh, 1979. And number nine, we have 30 Days of Night. Oh, by the way, in Salem's Lot, going to jump back for a minute. Remember David Soul? Yeah. From? The singing group. No. Yes. Well, he sang, but well, not well, very well. He wasn't a sing, wasn't a singing group. He was on Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Remember that? But he sang. Remember that show? I love that show. Oh, he didn't sing well. I liked him. Oh, he didn't sing well. Okay. Don't so, anyways, <laughs> David Soul and Bonnie Bedelia. Whatever happened to Bonnie Bedelia? Whatever happened to David Soul? But that. Who the hell was Bonnie Bedelia? I, I I don't know, but I remember her. Okay. Number nine, 30 Days of Night with Josh Hartnett and Melissa George. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that one at all. Uh, number eight, Fright Night. Christopher Lee and Roddy McDowell. Anything with Christopher Lee has got to be good. 1985. Yeah, you know, Roddy McDowell is pretty good, too. For a monkey. <laughs> For a monkey. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Number seven, Blade. Okay. I do have to say that throughout every top list... Mm-hmm. Uh, vampire movies list, Blade with uh, Wesley Snipes. Really? Yeah, Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson. This was in 1998. Yeah, and it was kind of a, you know, because it was a superhero action film too. Yeah. I think it also makes it very popular. But this is on every single uh, vampire movie list. Whatever. All right. Number six, The Underworld uh, with Kate Beckinsale and Michael Sheen yeah. uh, from 2003. The whole series. This is a good one. Yeah. Number five, From Dusk Till Dawn. I was going to ask right? you if that was on the list. That was freaky as hell. Uh, that was, that was, was a little gross. Really horrendously gross. Wasn't the gross. first part gross, though, right? Um, hmm? The first part was gross. I, I thought all of it was gross. Really? But the first part, where the, before they even get to the vampires, is pretty bad. It's crazy. It's a crazy movie. It's but crazy. Um, Well, it's Quentin Clantino or whatever. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. From Dust Till Dawn, Salma Hayek, George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. George Clooney. Yeah. yeah, he was the only sane one there. Yeah, okay, right. Okay, back when Excuse he was me? really hot. I mean, he's still hot now, but yeah, anyways. And Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, right? It's going to be crazy if he's in it. So really, that that should always be like in the top yeah. of all of them. That was a- all right. Number four, Nosferatu. That is the probably the creepiest vampire of them all. The, he is. He is. He's just super <laughs> duper. La- yeah. Like so different. How come I don't have a camera when I'm going? <laughs> All my, uh, Do it again, Ron. Do it. Okay. All right. Now we got it. Yeah, now, now we got it. Thank you. Now we got it. <laughs> so, yeah, Nosferatu, Max Schreck, John Gottout. Gottout? Yeah, whatever. Gottout. Uh, he was a, uh, it was a 1922 ex- German expressionist horror film. Really? Um, number three, Bram Stoker's Dracula, <sighs> of course. That was kind of a sexy movie. This was the one, yeah, this was uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Okay. 1992. Monica mm. Bellucci. All right. Jim Bellucci's sister. What? Bellucci, not Bellucci. <laughs> Bellucci. Whatever. Okay. Bellucci. One of my personal favorites. It's a little cheesy. The Lost Boys. Right? Oh. Kiefer Sutherland, Seriously? Corey Feldman. Yeah, they were kind of sparkly vampires. Uh, I, I, 
1987. No comment. What can I say? Vlad would be turning was, over his grave like, if he was dead. It was like, you know, like the Brat Pack of vampires. Yeah. Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Keith Sutherland. Jimmy Kurtz, Corey Feldman, right? It was like the breakfast club of, of vampires, yeah, right? Yeah, give me a break. Okay, and then number one comes out, Interview with the Vampire. Oh, that was pretty with good. With Tom Cruise. That was good. And Brad Pitt. There you go. How could, how could you not like Pitt that and movie, Pitt Cruise, you right? can't beat it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so that was 1994. So what the hell was Van Helsing? Van Helsing. I don't know where he is. and what? I. What? What? This list goes on forever. I'm just saying. This should be saying, like right up there. Let me see if I can find. He's got Hugh Jackman, um, who every woman loves. Yep, Hugh Jackman. He's got Jackman. a sexy girl for every guy. Yep. I I don't even know where Van Helsing is, and I'm Whatever. up to. I don't want to hear about it. I'm up in the I'm up in the four. I don't want to hear about it. I don't even know where Van Helsing is. Yeah, give me that list. So ah, it. hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the station's iPad. Don't put a steak through it. Uh, so that's my list, and I'm sticking to it. And fine. now we're going to hear from our Paranews reporter. Sure, why not? So can we please roll the Paranews since I've done the top ten vampires? He's going to do something else. I'm sure. Welcome to Paranormal News. I'm your host, Nathan Mayer. If you missed my previous segment, I'll shrink your head to the size of a mushroom. What? What was that? Oh. They just told me I can't do that. Anyways, my previous segment was part one of discussing a, a theme in the movie Beetlejuice. Now, be, before I begin part two with another, I'll give a Beetle-sized synopsis of the film for those who, of you that are not so familiar with it and did not see part one. The plot revolves around a recently deceased couple, husband and wife, who became ghosts haunting their former home and commissioned a devious and bizarre ghost named Beetlejuice from the netherworld who tries to scare away the new obnoxious inhabitants out of their home permanently. The number three is used several times in the film. The number of times to say commands like Beetlejuice and home, the number of times to knock on the door to get to the other side, and the number of intercessions or help vouchers allowed it. The dog makes its third appearance crossing in front of the Maitland's car, causing Adam and Barbara to crash into the side of the red-covered bridge. We see Jane three times when she is trying to convince the Maitland's into selling their house paying her respects after Adam and Barbara pass away, and when she gives the skeleton key to Lydia. Three months is how long the Maitlands were waiting in the waiting room. Lydia knocks on the attic door three times before telling Adam and Barbara that their silly stupid dinner parlor trick, the Deo Calypso, and shrimp attack didn't work. Juno scolds the Maitlands on three ways that they have really screwed up allowing themselves to be photographed, letting Beetlejuice out and not putting him back, and letting Otho get hold of the handbook of the recently deceased. Sorry, I mean deceased. In the end, she gives him three tasks. Go clean house of the occupants. Don't forget the photographs that prove that there is life beyond death 
and to get the damn handbook back. Beetlejuice gives Lydia three reasons why he can't tell her his name. Her friends who call him on the horn, he'll have to show up at shopping mall centers for openings, and sign autographs all the time. The ter- third time we see the sandworm is when he takes care of Beetlejuice. I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it. When Beetlejuice is waiting in the waiting room, then that number on the s- turns up on the serving sign when he is a patient number 9,998,383,750,000. Finally, there are three times when there is what I call the reveal scares, where something is peeled back to show something startling. Adam gets the surprise when he opens the window shade in the basement to reveal Jane's face. When Adam and Barbara are walking through the hallway, a shade suddenly opens by itself to reveal the lost soul's room, a room for ghosts that have been exercised, which is death for the dead. Near the end, Charles gets a fright after putting the living and the dead, harmonious lifestyles and peaceful coexistence down when Delia sneakily shows him a bust of Beetlejuice that she has made. And kind of think of it, I think this is my third time wearing this outfit. Anyway, to finish my special two-part Beetlejuice segments, I will give three random fun facts. Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out by Netflix in 1998 when they used to send out DVDs before streaming services. Anyway, the last song performed at Glenn Shaddix's memorial service in September of 2010 was Deo, the Banana Boat song. The scene with the fly is a tribute to the 1958 horror film The Fly. Gina Davis, who played Barbara, starred in the 1986 The Fly. Beetlejuice has seen the 1973 film The Exorcist 167 times, and he thinks it gets funnier every time he sees it. Anyway, The Exorcist, which Gina Davis plays Angela Rance, a character from the original film in the TV series The Exorcist. Well, I hope you enjoyed these segments as much as I love researching it. I could say so much more. Anyway, back to you, Ron and Ann. Beetlejuice, 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 Beetlejuice. Well, I don't see him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank so, God. Yeah. All right. All right. What's so next? I want to do a, a quick thing on ways to kill a vampire. Most people know these things. Not yet, dear. <laughs> not yet. Ways to kill a vampire: garlic, number one; mirrors and sunlight; crucifix and holy water. Like my good, my good, good. good crucifix, see. It's DAC. It's got the uh, skull and crossbow on it. Anyway. Mm. All right. Stake through the heart. No. Uh-uh. Stake through the heart. And you're, you're to, to blame. blame. Oh, wait. Wrong words. That was bad. Okay. And finally, the one we didn't know about, a brick of stone or a vine between their teeth. Between their teeth? Yeah. Like dental floss? Yeah, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> if, we have t- if we have time, we'll go into that one. But I want to talk about something that's it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. And this is how to protect yourself from vampires around the world. Because we're world travelers now. That's right. There are vampires in all different countries. Yes. So let's figure out how to do this. All right. 
Okay. So, let's start with Malaysia. Malaysia. Because everybody wants to go to I Malaysia. I want to go to Malaysia. Yeah. This vacation spot on my list. Yeah. Whizzing through <laughs> the hot and humid Malaysian night, the air comes, uh, in the air comes the horrific Pindagaglin, a flying woman's head, complete with oh. hanging entrails. Ew. Mm. Once a beautiful midwife who uh, made a pact with the devil for her supernatural abilities, the Pindagaglin is cursed to detach from her body each night Ew. and search for the blood of newborn babies oh and expectant mothers. Oh, that's horrible. Oh. <laughs> the person, <laughs> the ability uh, to float through walls and squeeze through cracks of floorboards, the pengangolin, also uh, is prehissile intains. What? Yeah. Prehensile? Uh, the, the, yeah, Is pre that that word? Yeah, prehensile. Okay. That's a good word. All right. Prehensile uh, intestines uh, have, <laughs> have left constant sores on those <laughs> whom it grasps. <laughs> and it's pretty darn gross. Oh, God, that's horrible. It's like that Star Trek thing where the thing with the tenic, the suction cups. Uh, oh, yeah, remember that? The succubus, yeah. yeah. So how do you protect yourself from this yes. uh, floating head? Yes, Ron. Yes, Van Helsing. With, how do trailing, we protect ourselves? Yes, yes. Place thorns around the windows and doors of your hostel. That might do it. To snare the pentagonist's entrails. <laughs> the <laughs> entrails. If you want to really get a gung-ho, you might make a preemptive strike. Follow the creature back to its abode. Wait for the next nightfall and place broken glass in the neck of the decapitated body. <laughs> when the protagonist of Prignagaland tries to squeeze back into the body, its guts will be shredded. Oh, my God. So that's important. Oh, my goodness. I it, think I see. It can't be. It can't be. Is it our 11-minute warning? No way. It's no way. Elven, it's your elven minute warning. Oh, oh, my goodness. It's your elven minute warning. Who are you? Oh, there you go. I'm Fine. elven. So, I'm okay. an elven archer. What, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> I'm giving your elven warning. Oh, elven warning. Yeah. Okay. So what's in your bag there, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna elven? Yeah, what do we, what do we got here. over here? Oop. I'm yeah. going to stand up, but I'm tethered. This is a okay. trick. I'm going to give you a little Ooh. blessing. There you go. A uh, little blessing. Ah, ah. No blessing. No, okay. no, yeah. no blessing. You need some ID. Yeah, that's me. Uh, that's, that's me. Yeah. Wondered, that's yeah. Me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Kind of little, aren't you? By the way, everybody, this is our director, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> People say I've lost my mind. I haven't. It's right there. See? Okay. Oh. So, All right. So beautiful. I, I just figured I'd come out and give you your Elvin morning well, minute warning. So elven I mean, that, that's you. that's quite the uh, outfit, Mister yeah. uh, Elvin. This is this is what happens when you spend tons of money at rent fairs. <laughs> Is that a one? No other hobbies. <laughs> is that a one, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, yeah. It's a cross. Okay. We need to continue oh, with our a, show. It's yeah. Because yeah. now we have nine minutes left. Yeah, right. oh, something like that. Where to, where to put my one? It's right here. There we go. That's, there Never we go. Mind. I wouldn't want to touch okay, your one. I'm not, not going to say don't. it. <laughs> no, but oh. I will put a spell on you. Omni Dubisco DuPont Latex. There. DuPont right. Latex. Wait a minute. Thank you. Wait a minute, Mr. Elfin. Oh, we can't go away without an Elfin picture. All right. There you We're go. about Elvin minutes. Okay. Right. Thank you, Mr. Elvin. <laughs> yeah. That makes absolutely no sense, but what? Thank you. Is that Elvin okay. Presley? You're welcome. Elvin Presley. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Bye. 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 Go back to the wide shot. No, that was so what bizarre. What happened to my wide shot? Okay.
After that one, you can't you can't wait Speed to hear. Speed up there, Van Helsing. We can, now we got like nine minutes. So what? <laughs> so, anyways, Brazil. If you ever go to Brazil, throw away your Anne Rice inspired notions of dark, <laughs> seductive blood suckers lurking in your boudoir, Ooh. and say hello to the La Bashbo men, a hobo, hey. the hobo of vampires. <laughs> Harry and Squat with a hunchback. <laughs> Jaundice skin and rotten black teeth, Ew. and frequently described as looking like a monkey. He's not going to win any, any Lestad look-alike contests anytime soon. <laughs> Ironically, he may not, maybe not. The uh, Labashman primarily preys upon women. Oh, of right? course. Who yeah. become raven nymphomaniacs after they've bitten. <laughs> Nympho Nymphomaniacs? Nymphomaniacs. Nymphomaniacs. Okay. So, Anne, you're probably saying, how can I protect myself uh, from this yes, lobishelman? How? Is that like a lobster fisherman? <laughs> <laughs> One can easily exploit its weakness. In the intoxicated state, he enters uh, after a nip or two of blood. Once he passes out, so he gets intoxicated. He up. passes out. He gets drunk and passes out. What yep. kind of vampire does that? It's like most men, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once he's passed out, feel free to stab him or crucify him or anything else that's particularly energetic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, yeah. What's Running next? Running out of time here. No, we're not. We got time. We got time. All right. All right. Let's go to... Uh, we got our Elvin Where do you want to go? Caribbean? Sure. Because we all go to the Caribbean. Yes, I would love to go to the Caribbean. An old woman who made a pact with the devil for, you guessed it, supernatural powers is the Lugaru. Lugaru? Yep. And it must appeal her dark lord with the blood of a victim every night. If she can't supply the devil with the uh, agreed upon payment, he will take her own life's essence in turn. Before the, her nightly sojourn, the Lugaru! Anoints her battle body with magical portion <laughs> that allows her to slip off her skin. Oh God! Another entrails. Now we're when, losing our skin. Which, like she, leaves, <laughs> which cool. she leaves under the devil tree, transforming into a glowing sulfurous ball of light, which then searches out for its next unsuspecting. Wow. Victim. Okay. So how and do you protect kind yourself? Kind of becomes an alien. How huh? do you protect yourself from the Lugaru? How do we do that? Apparently, this vampire has one bad case of OCD, <laughs> like me. <laughs> Thwart the Lugaru's attack, play, uh, place a pile of sand outside your door. She will be, be compelled to count each grain. <laughs> and once the sun begins to rise, she flees back to a hidden skin in an unhappy one, Satan. Two. I actually watched, three, I watched that movie yesterday, what? Devil and the Blacksmith, and that's what they did. They used to take sand and throw it down and, and all demons would do that and and there are cases i can i ran into a case where they, they did something else but okay we have okay. to do okay so we have to move along right count the grains of sand yep 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 as grains of sand okay hours. so australia how about australia sure you might think that that country with the most venomous snakes in the world would catch a break uh would world would catch a break in the monster department. Uh -huh. But you're wrong. 
The Yamaha Yahoo. <laughs> Yamaha Yahoo. A small red. Oh, there he goes again. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's a small red man-like creature with oversized head and no teeth. No teeth. It waits in the upper reaches of a no fig. No teeth? How can he be a vampire well, with no teeth? Let's find out. Let's find out. What the heck? It waits in the upper reaches of a fig tree for its victims, descending upon them to drain their blood through sucking of its feet and hands. <laughs> After letting the uh, weakened, weakened victim anguish a bit, the many, whatever your guy is, uh, returns to swallow the person and then take a short nap and regurgitate some. Oh, Usually the person these, lives... These are disgusting. I thought these are these real are the things. These disgusting vampires you gotta I know these. You ever heard of. You want to be a world traveler, you got to do this. Oh, my God. Usually the person lives through the ideal, <laughs> minus a few inches of leg. Uh, they live through it? Yeah. After he eats them and throws them up? Yeah, well, they're missing a little bit of leg. Uh, okay. So, how do you I, protect yourself? Uh, Don't hang out on the fig trees. <laughs> Other than that, it's the best ride. <laughs> to write out the digestion process and then reconcile yourself after you get puked out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. They're good. Oh, yeah, they're good. All We've right. got some good stuff in there, we man. we got some time? Oh, I think so. All right. Not much. Germany. How about Germany? All right, do Germany. It may be the last country we can visit on vacation. The Alp is, <laughs> the Alp is an odd little fellow. I guess he's called the Alp. Alp? Alp. Okay. Alp, like the Alps. The Alps. The elf is an odd little fellow with a jaunty cap that imbues him with magical powers. The elf sneaks into people's sleeping people's bedrooms and commits various acts of scandal, ca causing nightmares. Scandal. Putting dirty diapers back on babies. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sucking the blood through men and women's. Yeah. Um, Unmentionables. <laughs> okay. And also, and also, not opposed to imbibing a little fed, uh, whatever. Uh, we're not going to go skip into that. Skip over that. Yeah, skip over that. Keep it clean. Uh, the Keep elf clean, can Manhattan. also uh, transmogrify into a cat, dog, pig, or butterfly, but he only can uh, do this with his little hat on. <laughs> his jaunty cap. His jaunty so cap. So how do you protect on. yourself from this? Uh, please, do tell so us. Putting dirty diapers back I, on your baby. Because that just sounds like the worst vampire ever. Well, dirty wh diaper while it's not life-threatening, the Yelp attack is fairly annoying and <laughs> uh -huh. can be easily avoided. Really? Placing a broomstick under your pillow. How <laughs> do you put what? a broomstick under your pillow? I don't That's know. That's comfortable. Or shoes next to your bed uh, should do the trick. Well, okay. If, if you happen to wake up and find the Yelp in your room, Ask him to come back in the morning with a cup of coffee, and he'll <laughs> kindly oblige. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, that was Germany. Yeah, it was why Germany. Why am I not surprised? Why? You want you any know, more? Why am I not surprised? I by have this? more. I don't know. Do we have time for more? I don't know. Let's, let's, I got a little one here. All right. South Africa. One. South Africa. Uh, a witch familiar hand, handed down. What? A witch's familiar. familiar. Handed down the maternal line, the impumdu inflicts an insatiable bloodthirst 
upon its mistress <laughs> enemies. This list? To the witch, the impudundu takes <laughs> the appearance of a handsome, oh. sexually receptive young oh. man. Finally, we have a handsome vampire. Yeah. Okay. He's but, not a hunchback. But young. when out running errands, it transforms into a lightning bird, uh, roughly the human size uh, rainbow feathered bird, and casts electric bolts on its wings. Uh huh. I have no okay. idea. Okay, right. how do you protect yourself, and why would you? Uh, effectively. Doesn't sound like he's too scary to me. Effectively immortal, the impondudu is <laughs> impervious to the customary methods of protection, except being set on fire. Oh. You must catch it first. Other than that, a local healer might have magical salve that created from the impundudu fat. Impundudu <laughs> fat. <laughs> will help stave off an attack. So you put impundudu fat. And we've got to wrap it up. We oh, they're, Yes, they're giving us the rap cue. And there's so much the more I could talk about. Oh, thank God we got a rap cue. I got it with the kebab. Oh, my goodness. All right. Oh, so my goodness. That's our show for tonight. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you wish you missed it. Uh, but right. <laughs> unfortunately, you didn't. Oh, well. We want to thank everybody for listening. Yes. And uh, tune in next week when it will be our anniversary show. Next, not next week, next month. Same thing. Next, next month, month, next week. We're going to have a big celebration if you're for on our podcast. It could be next week. Five year anniversary. Oh. And I can't even believe. <coughs> I can't even believe anybody's still watching us. They're probably not. But at any rate, that will be next month. Until then, have a ha- happy and safe yeah. Halloween. And watch those dirty diapers. Watch those dirty diapers. <laughs> hanging in trails. Good night, everybody. Happy Halloween. Maybe. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.